recording? <laughs> yes, I'm at five seconds. I'll you. Six seconds, seven well, seconds. Okay, wow. I think, yeah, we're, we're pretty well bait on. That's perfect. Okay, good, good, good. Well, welcome back to another week of Talk to Me with T and Maddie B. Uh, as you guys may have noticed, I don't have Maddie B with me this week. I've got a longtime friend of the show, Caleb Motts. <laughs> Say hi, Caleb. Hello, yeah. Good to be back, Tarek. Um, I thought you guys were, were done. I was happy to see you pop up in my feed once more. And Good. Um, yeah, even happier to be back on so soon. This is what, episode four? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it is episode four under our, our sort of new format, our new sort of focus. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's good. Our longtime listeners remember, Caleb was on, you were on a couple of episodes before, and our really, really long, long-time listeners will remember yeah. that this Unfo- podcast was hatched <laughs> in Caleb's old backyard. It Actually, sure was. We're going Actually, all the I, way back. I forgot about that until just now. Yeah. You're, you're right. I guess, I guess I'm a, a bigger part of this than I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, mm-hmm. so in some of those episodes, but hey, it, they were fun. It was all good times. <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, and I'm glad you agreed to come on and talk with us or talk with me. I guess Maddie's out this week. Yeah. Um, this uh, on our new format, our new our new sort of topic, our new sort of finance and business and whatever focus, right? Trying to bring it yeah. to the masses or whatever you want to call it. Exactly. Yeah, I got caught up today, and I like it. I think it's working. It's good. 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 Now, before we started recording, our listeners need to know that we sat down, we looked at each other on Skype, we had some technical difficulties, but before we could start, Caleb had to run back to the kitchen to get a glass of water and a glass of whiskey. Uh, some bourbon, yeah. And some bourbon whiskey. <laughs> what are you drinking? Uh, this is Basil Hayden's, it's called. Um, yeah, it's just a That's nice the bur- stuff that you brought over the other day? It is, yeah. I brought that to your nice. place. I bought it in the States. Um, you can get it here pretty much anywhere, but it was just... I found a cheaper bottle of it when we were down in Washington, and yeah, it's good. I like it. Very smooth. 80 proof, so it drinks nice and easy, and it, it tastes quite nice. Oh, there you go. There you yeah. go. I'm still drinking that uh, fake old-fashioned stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I got to admit, I like it, man. Oh, it's surprisingly good. It's actually better than some like restaurants and uh, that's true, which is and nice. quote-unquote cocktail bars. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it's not too bad at all. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, this week we're going to talk about, um, well, last week we talked a little bit about consumerism. Maddie um, called called a sheep. <laughs> talked about yeah. consumerism taking over the world. Nothing changes. We just buy the same stuff. Blah, blah, right, blah. right, right, right. And we're kind of going the other way this week. I like that because, yeah. um, you know, now we're going to talk a little bit about minimalism. I know <laughs> uh, some listeners may remember we did a previous episode with Caleb about minimalism, some big changes they made. I'll let you summarize that a little bit and then sure um it's kind of like a nice dichotomy that's the opposite really of consumerism right it's minimalism so yeah yeah and and it'll be interesting to hear how that works for you guys (laughs) sure thing um so i guess right off the bat i mean i I think it's funny to to us anyway jamie and i to like still use that word like minimalism or minimalists I, i would say that we discovered kind of this a new way of thinking or kind of viewing things because of the minimalist podcasts, but I don't know if you were to put us on the spot that we would call ourselves minimalists, you know, in the truest sense. Um, but that being said, though, like I think we have made some significant changes to the way that we view, you know, our, our purchases and, and our money and um, you know the things that we have and, and the things that we we value. Um, it, to I guess if you guys have listened to the show, you know that like we we sold our house, moved into an apartment. 
Um, and, and during that move, uh, we got rid of about like, we figure about 60% of, of our stuff. I remember that. I remember yeah. we have, um, we're both in Medicine Hat, Alberta here. Right. We have the Medicine Hat buy and sell and every day. Box, <laughs> putting something up on the, on the website for yeah, sale. Yeah. <laughs> my, my mom was quite concerned. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. She's like, you got anything left? Like, <laughs> yeah. So really what, what it was is just like us kind of realizing that like, wait a minute, we don't need all this stuff. Like we have so much stuff in our house that we never use that we thought we would use and we just don't that we move from storage room to storage room that we dust off every time we clean that we like never touch and and we just kind of like when we got and took like a serious look at all the stuff that we had we were kind of like okay well yeah there's this there's stuff that we love and that we use every day and that we find useful and obviously we'll keep those things. And then the rest, like, let's just cut the, cut the crap and like get rid of the clutter and, and just get rid of it. And we found that as we started doing that and doing it seriously, like it's pretty easy to just start getting rid of a lot of stuff. And, you know, I don't think we've missed pretty much any of it, uh, which, which has been kind of refreshing. That's crazy. Cause yeah, yeah. what is it uh, over a year now? Hey. It's, it's been over a year. And I like, yeah. I, I want to like, I just want to be careful too. Like we don't, it's not like we stopped buying things or like we're against buying stuff. Um, it's just the whole idea of, and, and I guess too, like it maybe isn't so much like minimalism quote unquote, but just the, the whole idea of like being intentional with our purchases and, and what we spend our money on and whatever. So we have no problem going out and buying stuff, but it's always like, is this item high quality? Is it going to last? Um, do we like really need it or does it add value to our lives um, or value to our hobbies or, or the things that we enjoy? And if, if the answer is no on any of those, then yeah, we just, we just don't really need it. <laughs> yeah, um, no, fair enough. Yeah. And I mean, I think, um, you know, to, to, to give it a little bit of color, uh, you know, <laughs> sure. Caleb and Jamie, his wife are, you know, late twenties, maybe early thirties. Jamie's thirty and Jamie's thirty and I'm I'm getting close. <laughs> yeah, and Caleb's getting close. And yeah. you know, uh, had a house, building equity, all these things they tell you to do in your late twenties. They were doing, and then they were like, you know what, we're just gonna sell a house, <laughs> yeah, move into an apartment, and sell our stuff, and yeah. And, and I mean, they did it in a way that wasn't like, uh, you know, screw the system. We don't right. care. It's like no, these numbers. They did the math, and we did, yeah, sense. yeah, and for sure. Like you know, going for it, and then. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of cool, and I like that uh, nuanced approach. It's not just like, well, we actually moved to a, a small tent, <laughs> a yurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, all we really need is you know, you know what I mean, right? It's yeah. like a little bit more like, well, yeah, you yeah. Know, do you really need all that stuff? Yeah, we did know. live in a yurt for a weekend. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> that was pretty. But yeah, it's just that question of do we really need all this, and like, why? Why are we collecting all of this stuff? Um, and, and, you know, like the whole house thing or whatever, like it, it's worked out pretty good. I mean, in full disclosure, we, we haven't maybe been saving as much as we thought we would have been saving in terms of like, you know, putting money into a savings account. But I mean, we've definitely sidestepped a lot of, you know, maintenance and, and home projects and, and, you know, keeping up with the yard and, and a lot of things like that. So I think the math still works out like a year, a year out. Um, and we're, I think we're, we're sitting pretty good. Um, it all came down to that equity piece though. Like it, like we, we wouldn't be where we're at if it wasn't for home ownership and if it wasn't for, 
you know, the equity that, that you build through that. So we're definitely not naive to that, um, that reality, you mm-hmm. know, that, that home ownership is still important. And we're actually like, we're looking at options to like build or, or get into a place sooner than later. So like we, you know, we, we have plans for, for a home again. It's just, you know, we're really loving the apartment kind of downtown rental life. It's been, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah. No, you guys make yeah. it look good. I know I, I too, I really like that. You know, a lot of times, maybe this is just me. So listeners, if this isn't you, maybe it's just Tarek's biases. But like I was saying, sometimes you think of the minimalist who sells their house and think of really, really granola. Yeah. West Coast, peop, West yeah. Coast Portland type people <laughs> who were just sort sure. of like, wow, you know, I don't, this system's messed up, man. Right. Like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Maybe yeah. it's, but you know, Caleb works in, in marketing at a home builder mm-hmm. and Jamie's an engineer, works yeah. in the city. Yeah. And, you know, both accomplished, smart people and it's just it's just a different way of doing things and it made sense i remember we sat yeah and we talked about it and i was like huh yeah it does make sense you it, know what i mean and that's yeah. what i like about it it's it's yeah. uh it, it seemed a little counterintuitive but mm-hmm. yeah you're right it, it, it did make some sense uh, and yeah i mean with that whole like contrast with like that whole granola west coast thing that you mentioned or whatever i, I just think that thinking like this comes in a lot like a, in a spectrum you know it you know to to some we know we might be living um, with a lot of excess and a lot of waste and whatever and, and to others they're like oh we're you know like they come to our place maybe they're like man what do you, you guys don't have anything or like <laughs> i don't know so it's just it's all it's all on a spectrum it's true uh, you're think, right sure. there's just yeah. you don't seem to hear the the mediocre the the middle the middle ground the yeah. reasonable part of that <laughs> sure so, so then how do you guys decide like okay when do you decide you need to buy something and, and oh, like, yeah. how do you decide not to, I, what do you, what's your process? Cause okay. you know, it's hard to just go to a store or see a commercial or. Oh, it, it is. I mean, and, and again, like we're not like weird about it. Like it's not like this whole, like, Oh honey, did you go and buy something today? You probably shouldn't have. <laughs> like <laughs> we love buying things, you know, we're definitely, uh, we're, we're not like anti, you know, consumerism don't, don't buy anything. But I think what it comes down to is just making good purchases so one example that came up even just the other day was i was looking at buying a new hoodie um you know because the one i have is a little too small i've had it for years and i was going to buy one from h&m Uh-oh. why is it too small i've just you know grown a little bit those yeah. those gains yeah all about the them gym. all about them gains yeah. <laughs> too much protein powder <laughs> it's so much protein powder my, my too arms tight in the biceps my just arms too tight. Just didn't fit yeah <laughs> um yeah so i was looking at buying this sweater and it was from h&m and mm-hmm. and then Jamie and I were like Jamie was like oh, I don't know like you can probably do better like like you know they're not really well made like we let's let's support a company that you know is maybe made in Canada or like ethically ethically produced um, so I ended up getting a sweater from from another company um, you know it costs a little more for sure but it's kind of just the idea that uh, to us anyway there's more to the value of an item. Um, than, than just the price tag like interesting um, it, 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 like there, there's cer- certain value that comes with products that are are made well and made with care and made um, in ways that are good for people and good for the planet and uh, and all of those um, types of aspects so that that is a very important part in the decision making process so m- making sure that the money that we spend is spent in places that you know that we believe in or that we we see value in um, and, and you kind of talked about this in a previous episode, like using yeah, your money democratically, you know, like yeah. your, your dollar is a vote and, and you, you vote for the things you, you care about 
with the way you spend your money. Um, so it's just kind of a, that, that kind of sums up the whole mentality, I guess. Um, it started with the whole minimalist idea of let's see what we need and what we don't and, and, and just cut, cut ties with the stuff that we don't. And then it kind of evolved into like, oh, well, let's just, yeah, be more intentional and thoughtful and purposeful um, regarding the things that we bring into our lives. No, I mean, that, that makes sense. And that does tie in, actually. You mentioned, I know before the episode you mentioned um, some, some tidbits of things mm-hmm. you said in previous episodes that you wanted to touch on. But right. that's exactly what we were kind of talking about, the value of um, the capital market. Totally. The free market uh, economy and that yeah. every individual can make decisions on what's valuable or what companies care about or what anyone right. cares about based on how they spend their money. And that's, right. And, and that's what's... Huge. So, so yeah. No, no, I didn't want to cut you off there, but I, I just want to say what, what's interesting about that way of thinking is like, I, I don't think that the way we're approaching this is is new or particularly groundbreaking. And, and the evidence of that is in the general market. Like, for example, look at um, fast food, L- look at A&W, look at McDonald's, like okay. giants of fast food, right? So what the, their main marketing right now is where their beef comes from, where their eggs come from, um, like how they're, they're processed, like no hormones or whatever. Um, they're, they're trying to be transparent with their supply chains. They're trying mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. show people that they, they also care about where their stuff comes from. And that is the direct result of consumers saying with their money or with their votes that they want to support produce and and uh and meat and and you know the parts the the things that go into their food they want to support things that are done well or done properly or that they can feel good about um and and like that 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 impacts industries and businesses in a huge way um so it's definitely not like a a flash in the pan or like a a really niche idea or way of thinking I, i think it's quite widespread um you know there's reasons why malls are having a really hard time reaching you know older younger millennial um kind of age groups is it like there's a are we older millennials yeah oh for sure yeah like we're i think we're we're firmly we're firmly in that camp boy yeah well you know well jamie and i maybe are i don't know about you (laughs) hey i'm just i'm right behind you pre-30 i'm just behind eliza there's a there's a comedy thing on netflix called elder elder millennial oh yeah yeah anyway sorry yeah. Um, no, I think you make a really good point, though, in that um, that is the, the that you know it's it's really important, and yeah. these companies are doing these things because it's what the people value, it's what they're going to spend their money on. Exactly. And that is the yeah. beauty and the you know, like I said, I don't want to yeah. pretend like there's no imperfections, but that's the great thing about the free market economy. Totally. There's and, um, a quote here by Adam Smith that I think is is really important. Yeah. Adam Smith, for anybody who doesn't know, is the I guess credited with founding sort of the free market economy. He yeah. wrote The Wealth of Nations that the United States built their economy on. Mm-hmm. He's a Scottish economist. And it's not from the benevolence of the butcher, the brewer, or the baker that we expect our dinner, but from their regard to their own interests. Oh, yeah. Right? And what that means is that, you know, McDonald's and A&W, for example, maybe they care, maybe their executives care about where their food comes from. But let's be real. Likely, they're just like, well, this is where people are. Yep. This is the marketing that works. We pay a little more for these cows, but we get a little bit more on the other end. So yep. let's do it. You know exactly. what I mean? And it's like, yeah, that's ultimately 
a good it's the most democratic thing that yeah that exists really right you know absolutely yeah yeah for sure and and what's cool about that too is like i think those are really positive moves forward like absolutely i think uh, i like to think of everything kind of with like a macro view like i always find it such an interesting thought experiment or exercise to look at like today 50 years from now and, and I like, for example, let's let's keep going on the, like the McDonald's like food or like supply chain sort of um, metaphor or, or or way of thinking. I, I really think that 50 years from now, we're probably going to look back on the factory farming model that we've adopted now yeah. with, with a, quite a high degree of disdain or disgust. Uh, I think future generations of of people will in history books learn about the terrible things that we did to animals and to the planet and to um and to small farmers and to you know that whole thing like it's going to be looked back on um with, with some disgust now i can't i can't wholesale write it off because you have to like we have to understand that factory farming and the ways that we produce our food has helped economies and 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 cities and, and countries grow to the point that we can start having the luxuries to think about, you know, where our stuff comes from or, or that we have the, the time in our day to care about things other it's than true. just running from one thing to the next. So it obviously has, serves an incremental purpose, but I think that the next, the next phase of that is like, okay, we've reached this point. Now let's throttle back and figure out where we can improve it and make it better. And, and I think that's kind of where things are headed with, with topics of, of this of this type across the board. No, and I think that's a good point too because, and that, and that's the thing I think again adding nuance to the discussion because it's it's without a doubt that factory farming is very very hard on the environment. Yeah. Um, particularly cows, actually, they they take a lot of water, a lot of resources to right. develop. Um, but you know, here's just a fun fact, pre-stock talk for you guys. <laughs> um, Back in the uh, pre-tractor days, like the late 1800s, early yeah. 1800s, um, I want to say, I don't remember the number exactly, it's at least 20 to 30% of a farmer's field was devoted <laughs> to feeding whatever animals that farmer needed to use to actually till that field. Yeah, yeah. So what we saw was that through the advent of factory farming, um, the farmer could buy a tractor, get rid of all his horses and ox and cows that were pulling his implements, and he didn't need nearly as many farmhands, so people were freed up to do other things. And 40% of his field no longer needed to be devoted to, or 30% devoted <laughs> to that animal. So we saw yeah. huge gains in, um, right. in yields that way. And then it's like, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah. It is. It would be a real shame if we, we stopped innovating, we stopped growing, we, mm-hmm. you know. Knowing what we know now about the climate and, and, and the, the real cost of right. factory farming, it, yeah. to use that as an example, I guess, it's just yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, for like sure. And you guys kind of talked about like the three Ps, too. I remember that from business school. People, profits, planet. Yeah, and I think, what, I think what a lot of companies are learning, especially in the recent years, is that they, before they even, like, people, people and planet affect profit more than I think they ever have. So mm-hmm. companies that don't consider the planet and don't consider people or what's good for people is good for business, I guess is the old adage, um, will lose 
profits. They, they will not do as well um, be, because consumers, I think, are increasingly sensitive to those types of things. And, and again, voting with their dollars to things that matter to them. And kind of as the public consciousness rises to certain levels, it'll leave companies with poor practices or shady practices um, in the dust. Like there's just no room for companies not to care about that stuff anymore, which I, I think is really positive. It's, it's a great I think thing. It is too. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, that's the thing I love about it. It's, that's my frustration too uh, <laughs> with people who are like pro these social issues, like, like you mentioned, right. Then not pro market economy. It's like, this is, this is it. If <laughs> that's you get how it happens. Out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you get the word out, then everybody will just make them do the thing you want them to do. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, you guys are missing yeah. half of the, 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 it, the point there. Right. right? It's so. like, people don't understand how much power they have as a consumer. Yeah. Cause like the companies are there to serve you. Like they, well, to serve themselves by giving you something of value. And exactly. right, if, if you don't value what they're doing or choose not to vote for it, again, to keep that, to beat that metaphor to death, um, it, they're just not going to do well. So, like, you have a lot of power <laughs> in those situations. So, yeah, yeah. and that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and that's good. I never actually thought about minimalism. Well, in terms of being just very, very, um, uh, very real about okay this is the way i vote this is my yeah, yeah. democratic dollar right we can make a term and i'm going to spend it in a way that matters to me that's, right that's cool i like that the whole yeah. the whole premise of like minimalism is like minimizing distractions minimizing clutter minimizing um obstacles you know mi minimizing um, the things that keep us from the things that we actually love or the things that we actually want to do um so yeah th it's, a, it's, it's a prime example uh, of that for sure like other little examples, I mean, like things I love and like nerd out about or like, like it's as simple as like organizing like a desk drawer. Like, you know, how many times like, like honestly, like, like if you open this drawer right now, this one's pretty messy. So I'm just looking at a desk drawer right now for those of you that can't see me. Like this needs to be fixed because like there's a lot of stuff in here we don't need and it's really cluttery. Like I'm going to waste a lot of my time going for stuff in here, scrummaging through and looking for it. Why don't I just take the time to like minimize all the shit in here and make it easier for myself later? Yeah. Or, you know, like with clothes, we talked about this. We laughed about this when I was on that one time, like how I just minimized my whole closet down to black t-shirts. Yeah. I right. Love it. So my only, my, <laughs> my only criteria is like, do they fit me good? Are they like good fabric that like will last and, and, you know, stand up to wearing and washing and is it black? And if it checks those three boxes, like I'm, I'm pretty well set. Is it black? Oh, it, it, it reduces the amount of decisions I have to make in a day. I love it. I know, I know that I look as good as I can because I've tried on all the other colors of shirts and I know I look best in black. So why waste my time? It's you know, like all those games, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. So just, I don't know, that might be a little extreme, but it's just thinking in those ways, I think, to be more productive and more in touch with the things that you, you value. Yeah. yeah. And, and frankly, you know, if we go to what Maddie was sort of trying to say last week in terms yeah. of how consumerism, we just buy this stuff because advertisers make us buy it. We don't really yeah. need it or want it. Totally. It's kind of like, you know, I can see how that, that this attitude is, is probably a lot better in sure. terms of like. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of calling them out. Like, I think marketing has hit a critical point where to be effective, it needs to be authentic. It needs to be real. Like, it, like we're, I think people, general consumers and general market they're kind of, we're kind of done with the whole 
flashy gimmicky trying to sell you something like i forget what documentary it was but like the yeah. fashion the fashion industry essentially through marketing invented like 52 seasons you know yeah. every week is a different season whereas yeah. back in the day you know there was two seasons there was summer and there was winter um i remember talking <laughs> to my dad about like his his parents and their, their generation and like how you know they would just wear the same clothes all year because yeah. like why not and, and like, I love that, you know, like we don't need to buy new stuff every, every week or every two weeks, like get some good quality stuff and, and make it last, you know, like, true. And, and I think that whole way of thinking just kind of just like, you just like, yeah, you're being marketed all the time. You're being bombarded with messaging, like, you know, the new styles, like new, whatever. But like, we, we have the ability to say, nope, like I don't, I don't need that. And there's a lot of freedom that comes from that so so then though what happens if everybody adopts that style of thinking does the economy just come to a screeching halt no i don't think so i think it adapts it's like with it's like with uh um like let's say again with food because that's an easy one like uh a w or any other restaurant so um a w is losing a lot of profit shares because a lot of profit because an increasing number of the population is turning away from meat they're they're going vegetarian or they're going vegan so they um, partnered with Beyond Burger, and they're now offering like a really great veggie burger. That's you know that and that that is that's not a decision they made, right? That's a decision that that consumers made. It's true, and I've uh, heard that veggie burger is really good. It is really good, right? So uh, you know, like it, it's um, it, I don't think the the economy screeches too hard. I think I just think it adapts. Um, and sure, there will be businesses that go under, and there will be businesses that that don't fit that model. But I think that's for the better. Because what's left are companies that are doing things of quality and of value that actually last and actually are bringing important things to the market. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. No, and that makes sense. You know, that, that really makes sense, I guess, in terms of, I don't know, it seems like, you know, consumer spending does make the market go round, but. Yep. Um, but there's a lot of consumer spending on just total shit. Like, there's a lot, like, there's so many little gadgets and gimmicks and and fads that like are like spun how many to fidget us. spinners are there so, that they're just not being spun anymore so many <laughs> i left that fidget spinner at your house i remember i found that one on your coffee table i know you can you could have had it too but it's still here it's it was, all yours it was actually a lot of fun that was the first time i played with it. <laughs> <laughs> um is there like a like i i feel like maybe maybe i'm wrong but i feel like you is there like a, a an item or a, a subsector that you're like i just love stuff here and i just sort of cheat here like i feel like you like consumer electronics uh maybe not well no because like i don't want to add clutter to our our like like i have a a very like structured like audio visual setup like everything has its place and its purpose (laughs) um there's no room for anything else there um i kind of i guess uh i get kind of like nerdy like I, i i like like i'm into like nerdy stuff like um, like Star Wars games and like Dungeons, uh, Dungeons and yeah. Dragons and like okay. that, that kind of stuff. I play with a bunch of my nerd friends and I'll, I'll like, I'll splurge on that stuff or like, you know, I'll add to my collection of ships or whatever. And that's kind of like the, the guilty pleasure, but yeah. No, oh, fair enough. I like that too. And I mean, I think part of that, if, if you can tie in just our generation, millennials do value um, experiences more yeah. than, than stuff. Yeah. Just generally speaking, I know I certainly do. Oh yeah. More than I think my parents do. Yeah. Um, 
and that's cool. I, I really feel like that's the better way to go, but I mean, I am a millennial. So um, <laughs> like my parents would rather have a nicer house, maybe go on less vacations or do less stuff. Right. But I would be like the reverse of that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I think most millennials would, and that's cool. Yeah. You know, where we'd spend our money on something that we can't show them anything for yeah. afterwards, but we're yeah. super stoked about it. <laughs> oh, and, it, and that kind of stuff, man, like it's hard to explain, I think, now what that really means for, for markets and for industries. Like we're already noticing it in the construction industry where a lot of our, um, not competitors, but a lot of our counterparts in, in cities like, like um, Edmonton and Calgary, um, they, they're not building big houses anymore. Right, the estate home is not the, a thing. They're not, they're just not. And because the market doesn't want that anymore. Like younger buyers just don't care about big houses. Like we, we want smaller houses that are designed well and, and suit our needs. And, and and like they're not going above our, we're not using houses as like status chips really, you know, or like, yeah. or or yeah. anything like that. that. That whole perception has changed. And just like with anything else, like, you know that vote has been cast and now now developers are building smaller more uh, manageably sized homes interesting that's just the way it's going that's true and i mean it, it's funny that you said uh, that's not a status symbol anymore because i feel like maybe you know it's not like something we can be on a high horse for because i still think it's like important to have the nicer thing but now it's like well what can i put on my instagram page and, you know, <laughs> travel or yeah or yeah what i'm doing or where i've been and stuff and so totally we're still looking for the same status symbol it's just nobody cares about your house <laughs> right it just doesn't cost six hundred thousand dollars or whatever. exactly <laughs> if you're constantly on vacation though oh your instagram is oh lit. <laughs> oh so you're doing great yeah no i can talk well, about this stuff true. all day i find it really interesting like i just love the way that like that interplay like the push and pull between all of that and like um, you know, being in a, from a business background and in sales and marketing, I, I, um, I feel like I, I can, I kind of see that stuff at work and I like it, it's just really cool to, to witness the way that consumers think and, um, how, how that just impacts all of it. Like it's not, companies aren't making decisions because they think that's what's best for people. Like people are, it's the other way around. Exactly. We just might not see it. And that's the way that. it should be. And I think that's valuable. I like that. That's yeah. a good point. But then that's market the but then it's marketers that spin it and say like, Oh, you bet you never thought of this. Like yeah. totally. <laughs> uh, totally. create creating needs and, and that sort of thing. You know, it just uh, creating needs. I don't love that. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what it is. It, it, that's what they do, hey. Creating the That's need. what you do? Oh my gosh. Not uh, I I'm in housing, <laughs> so housing is a need. It's already created. <laughs> We create the desire to move to a new home. <laughs> ah, I see. I see. Yeah. So you make me feel like my home sucks. <laughs> yeah, or that it's time. To, well, I guess our, our market right now is predominantly 40 plus. So it's like the early retirement kind of snowbird. Who's retiring at 40? Oh, my God. Early, early retirement. Like the, the, the demographic, the purchasers skew more to like the late 50s, early 60s. People yep. looking to kind of downsize um simplify get rid of some stuff the kids are all gone they don't need the space um we're, we're serving that market so the minimalist uh boomers the minimalist gen x <laughs> it's funny actually listening to them talk because well, yeah they're downsizing their footprint like people are moving from like these three thousand whatever square foot homes into like a lot of our bungalow condos are like 1200 square feet or so and yeah. one of the main things that you hear people say is like, oh, well, where's, where am I going to put all my stuff? And like my, my bed my bed set will never fit in this bedroom. And I just kind of think <laughs> in the back of my head like, 
well then just get a smaller one or like just, <laughs> <laughs> just get rid of some stuff <laughs> uh, you don't say that though hey? no i don't it's not like a pamphlet on like here you yeah. have too much stuff here's how you get rid of it <laughs> we subtly suggest things like that in our in our messaging where it's like you know um the the freedom that comes from downsizing or like uh, how to how to make the most of downsizing I and, like it. And, you know that kind of thing we, we definitely like put it. those ideas out there i love it yeah cool man well, you know what I think it is? I think it's time for Stock Talk! <laughs> you need like a like an electric guitar light. Like a I, know. I know. Maybe you can handle that for me. You're a musician. You're friends. Yeah. We'll, we'll make a little uh, backing track for it. That'd be good. A stock Talk power ballad, but just yeah. like three seconds. <laughs> I could lay down like a little bass line for you or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, this week's Stock Talk, I thought... Um, well, this episode, I think, will come out fairly quick from after recording it, so this is hopefully still applicable, but there's been a bit of a dip in the market this week. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, I haven't been following super closely, which is probably a good practice for most general <laughs> participants. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's weird because people are concerned, it sounds like, because interest rates are going up. And, yeah. You know, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the central bank. You know, in oh. the United States, it's the Federal Reserve. In Canada, it's the Bank of Canada. In England, it's the Bank of England, and so on and so forth. The European Central Bank, ECB, and the in in the European Union. And I'm not going to get into the history. I'm not going to get into a ton of the details. But I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories about the banks, <laughs> about the Rothschilds. Just Google Central Bank and Rothschilds, oh, and you'll go down a rabbit hole of the internet that will just have you convinced that lizard people are running the world. <laughs> okay, so sidebar. <laughs> Don't do that because I'll tell you uh, a, a previous, a past version of myself has fallen deep into those rabbit holes. And oh my goodness. I think there's a whole podcast episode devoted to that. Oh, good. <laughs> Don't do it. It's not worth it. It's, it's quite the rabbit hole. You'll keep going. Oh, it's, keep a, going. it's a crazy rabbit hole. But we'll do just a simple high level. This is what central banks do. And this is why I think they're kind of valuable in the way they're set up. Mm-hmm. So... But if someone says central bank, they're talking about the Federal Reserve or the Bank of Canada here in Canada. And this bank operates completely independently from the federal government of whatever respective country it's in. So it's a separate institution. It is not owned and does not answer to the government in any way. And that's what a lot of people think is bad, that it's, I mean, they say private. And and maybe private's the best word to describe the institution. But its mandate is to manage inflation and then manage growth in the economy because those two things are tied together. If the economy's booming, inflation goes through the roof. That's yeah. bad. The economy's dying, inflation goes through the floor. That's bad. So, for example, economy's doing well in Canada and the United States based on GDP and other indicators. So that's why interest rates are going up. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's, that's a good thing. I mean, net borrower, myself, I always say this, it's not great for me because <laughs> my, borrowing, my borrowing costs go up. But at the same time, I don't want the price of goods to go up too fast either because as the economy gets too hot, you need someone to step in and stop it. Yeah. Um, and that's basically the Bank of Canada's entire job or the bank or the Federal Reserve it, uh, in, in terms of the economy anyways. It just monitors all these different indicators and all these different things and decides what their federal interest rate is going to be. And this interest rate 
is the rate that you know the big 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 banks in the country use when they're borrowing directly from the government and then it sort of sets a benchmark rate for them to lend that money out to other people right right and so it if that rate goes up then generally everybody in the country's rate also goes up and i think a lot of people get a little bit leery and scared they say well that bank does not is not beholden to anybody blah 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 the government doesn't have any control over it and i really really think that is a good thing that these banks are essentially private in that if uh well i mean depending on how you feel about donald trump right now just suggesting that donald trump (laughs) would have control of the federal reserve just sounds terrifying to a lot of people i bet (laughs) yeah yeah but it's like a politician would just raise the rates if they got out if they were getting out of office yeah. And then lower the rates every time they were coming up for re-election. Oh, and it would just be the seesaw of just nonsense reasons they would come up with <laughs> yeah, to no do kidding. that. that they would sick. always come up with some reason, and it would just be yeah. ridiculous. Whereas right now, we have someone whose term is not decided on by anybody, and they have a mandate, right. and they don't care, really, what the government says about their mandate. Hmm. They're going to do it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They work together. They, they, sure. they talk to each other. It's, they're, they're both looking to make sure the Canadian or American economy does well. But... If Justin Trudeau or Donald Trump says to the Federal Reserve or Bank of Canada chair, hey, you should do this, he can say, go screw yourself. I'm going to do what I think is best because that's yeah. not my mandate. I don't answer to you. And that is a yeah. good thing. That's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like it, it's scary enough that Donald Trump has control of a Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly it. So the Federal Reserve, it has levers to increase or decrease interest rates. It actually has levers to increase or decrease sort of the amount of money in the economy, too. But that's a different topic, and I don't Mm -hmm. want to get into that today. I just wanted to talk about interest rates because that is the speculation as to why the markets are really not doing well is because everybody's expecting a rate increase. And I I think markets are pricing it in by about 99% or something. It's going to go up. The trade deal between Canada and the United States has gone through. For sure, The economy's been great. It's going to go through for sure. Right. You heard it here. Yeah. Probably not first. <laughs> we actually, actually, timely, actually, we just put out a, like a, a blog post, like an update, a marketing update to our home buyers or would be home buyers in a lot of our communities that we're working on right now to mm. say like, hey guys, now might be a pretty good time to seal the deal and, uh, and, you know, uh, get locked into like a five-year mortgage or a five-year term. Cause like it's gonna, um, it, you know, take advantage of the, uh, of the lower interest rate because they're going to go up. So yeah, that's really timely for us and in, in our industry. And I know it's, uh, you know, it definitely affects, affects everyone. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I'll be honest, I talk rates a lot with my clients too. Yeah. And generally I say, I don't know what's going to happen. It's speculation. I don't want to speculate and make yeah. a decision, but right now I say, it, yeah, yeah, it it's seems going to go up. It seems pretty <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I know the stock market took a huge hit like yesterday. Yeah, um, I, I heard about that. So I mean, there's probably a lot of reasons for that. Like what it's you noted. A number. I know there's a lot of uh, like fear or speculation about um, like tariffs and like tit for tat kind of retaliation with tariffs and looming in quotes like trade wars and like I don't know. It, it just seems like a lot of a, a lot of political maneuvering is yeah. affecting that as well. I think people are a little bit concerned about um, U.S.-China relations there. Um, you know, like Donald Trump kind of wanting to burn the bridges with every single agreement the U.S. has ever made <laughs> has kind of, uh, I think, shaken, all on the table. shaken yeah. confidence and, and whatnot. So, yeah, fair enough. And that's the thing. It is a little bit of a, a wild card. But yeah, anyways, central interest rates in central banks are are 
the, the stock talk for today. So I hope you guys learned something. But I think that's it, Caleb. Thanks yeah, for coming on the show. For sure. It's, uh, it, buddy. I'm still getting used to this uh, short format. Uh, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm ready to keep going. Let's crank out another episode. We can press pause yeah. here. And, like, okay. Let, Jeez. Uh, you know. <laughs> hey, is there something you want to say to Maddie? I thought you said there was something you wanted to say to Maddie before we started. Oh, no. I just like during not anything directly that comes to mind right now but i was just i was just like listening to uh your conversations uh, in the first few episodes i was like i just wanted to chime in a few times like with with when he was talking about like the triple bottom line and and stuff i see consumerism i see i just i just wanted to like just just chat a little bit you know (laughs) i I wish i wish he was here today it would have been nice to have a he he was sad he wanted me to tell you that he was sad he couldn't uh be here when when i told him that you were taking his place he was like ah (laughs) but yeah no i'm uh i'm happy to be back for sure this has been fun um and yeah anytime you you want to have me back or you know uh, matt is indisposed just give me a call I, i think we pulled this off in what like 12 hours like, oh yeah, uh, that's true. We, we were at a bar a... last night having yeah. a couple drinks, and then <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah, right, right when we were going home, I was like, Terry was like, "Hey, want to do a podcast tomorrow?" And I was like, "I don't know." And then I got back to him early this morning. I was like, "Sure, let's do it." <laughs> and now it's in the can. I love it. Oh yeah, I love it. Cool, buddy. Great. All right, man. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. If you want to be on the podcast, see, we we put someone on. I told you we would. <laughs> or if you just want to, if you have a differing opinion and you just want to have it heard, hey, give us a shout. All our contact info is in the episode description. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Yeah.